It's the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega Podcast, and I'm your host, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, coming to you with very special episode 65. And because on this very special episode, I have no idea where to start, we are going to start with a lightning round. That's right. I'm going to be drawing from a deck of cards, listing various complaints, gripes, grievances, and pet peeves currently facing the Vegaverse, currently facing yours truly, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, and I'm going to riff on each of these topics until I run out of steam, and then we'll move on to the next item in the lightning round. But folks, as always, please remember that these complaints, grievances, gripes, and pet peeves are for entertainment purposes only. That's right, folks. This is the entertainment portion of the show. So please don't anyone take it too seriously. Don't get your feelings hurt. Don't get it twisted. Because it's all in good fun here on the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast, where if we want to have content, we've got to talk about something. So folks, I'm plumbing the depths on today's Lightning round starting with topic number one. Ding 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 ding. Complaints about paywalls. Complaints about paywalls. Come on down. You're our first contestant on very special episode 65 of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega Podcast's Lightning Round. So yeah, I've been noticing lately, um, and this always happens when I'm actually the one in the wrong. I'm the one who is sitting around just living my life as a city boy, born and raised in various parts of California. He took the midnight train going anywhere, but then strangers waiting up and down the message board, their shadows Searching in the night, street lights, mutants, living just to find emotion, hiding somewhere in the comment thread. Y'all just be doing my thing and, and looking at some social media platform, looking at some message board, and always making that perennial mistake of lingering too long on a random thing that shows up in the feed, lingering too long on an ad, lingering too long on the comments. And I've noticed this one particular train of thought, this one thread that I have a very hard time understanding. And it's this idea that there is something inherently wrong inherently fraudulent about a business that is creating content, content of any kind, consumable content. Um, Well, not, not content of any kind. In this case, we're talking about digital content, but any sort of digital content that a purveyor of digital content um, for that purveyor to want to be paid for said content is somehow inherently fraudulent. And the idea of a paywall, an irritating internet colloquialism, meaning that you basically pay a subscription fee to, to read something, to view something, that the paywall is somehow um, an inherently criminal act, an inherently criminal ask. How dare, how dare proprietary content be accessible 
only through some sort of subscription. And anytime you see an ad for a publication, um, some sort of content platform, streaming service, whatever, that wants to charge money for the content that they are producing, the knuckle draggers are coming. They're coming from the hills. They're coming from the sewers. They're they're clawing their way into the comments to whine and cry and gnash teeth about how could we possibly be asked to pay for something. Um, granted, in, in also coming from a culture where we supposedly prize like, nothing is more prized than making money. Nothing is more prized than than lifestyles of the rich and famous. To, to you, you've only made it in this life in this culture if you are somehow um, uh, generating generating obscene amounts of um, monetary compensation. Yet at the same time, we are angry and hateful little spiteful trolls that don't want individuals to receive monetary compensation. And just to be clear, I'm not coming at this um, from the angle of some saint. I've certainly consumed content in the past um, through means which have circumvented paywalls, as it were. I'm not going to get into details. I'm not going to incriminate myself here, but I'm just, I'm just saying I'm not some, some uh, uh, um, you know, pay sentinel that's like uh, looking to, to beat anyone with a virtue stick who is uh, watching something through nefarious means. Uh, but at the same time, I don't begrudge platforms for wanting money for their content. I, did, I, I do not understand that. So I'm going to leave this topic, topic number one, just with this final anecdote here. What, what, the, the one that brought this to my attention most recently is a certain um, media publication had some online ads, and it was ads trying to get people to become subscribers. And the ad showed the word paywall and it had like a slash through it or something. And it's like, eliminate the paywall, become a subscriber today. And somehow this ad whipped up a mutant horde. And it was the worst kind of mutant horde too. It was um, when mutants feel that they're very clever and that they have cleverly um, noticed or identified um, a loophole, identified something that they can catch someone on. But it's one that's not really all that, but they still, they're, they're, how does it go? It's like they're too smart to realize how stupid they are. So these mutants were at once um, offended and agitated that this publication was seeking to gain subscribers for their content. But they also took great issue with the idea of a subscription eliminating a paywall. Because the argument went, well, you don't eliminate the paywall if the paywall is still there. <laughs> this is false advertising. <laughs> clever, clever mutants. It was the a level of cleverness. And again, these mutants in this particular thread, there's nothing political about this. This is just stupid people online who think they're clever. It's a certain form of mutation. Um, you see this mutation in... Um, Political variants, and when I give this example, I'm not at all, this is not meant to be political, but it's the same level of um, just bone-stupid cleverness. Um, you know, you get the, the um, currently the right-leaning mutants, they're very enamored with that 
thank you, or it's not thank you, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon, where the woman, the sportscaster thought that people were chanting, let's go, Brandon, but they were chanting F you, Biden. And so the, the joke is that you say, let's go, Brandon, but you're actually saying F you, Biden. So that's fine. I get it. You know, funny, clever. What, where it gets mutated to, to the extreme is um, I've seen like this one guy uh, in town has a let's go Brandon sign in front of his house. <laughs> but in parentheses, it's like FJB. And then in parentheses next to that, it's F, you know, the actual word. Can't say this on the IC Robots Radio Network, but Joe Biden. So it's like, okay, this thing worked when there was no expository explanation. But when you're not only doing a, one parenthetical reference to explain it, but then another parenthetical reference to explain that, now my friend, you have entered the realm of the mutant. And so it's very similar with these mutants that thought they were so clever to point out that a paywall that you eliminate through paying is still a paywall, I guess. But by paying, you've eliminated the function of the paywall, which is the entire function of the paywall. The advertisement is literally instructing prospective subscribers that if you would like to circumvent the paywall, become a subscriber, and the paywall will be eliminated. Don't understand the hubbub. Don't understand the fear. Folks, if you don't have five bucks, contact me, and I'll kick it down for you. All right? And we can end this once and for all. Moving on with today's lightning this very special episode of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast number 65. Complaint topic number two. Ding, 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 Insecure man stuff. Insecure man stuff. Come on down. You're our second contestant on today's lightning round. So I was cleaning out um, this little, uh, I don't know what you call it, it's this Ikea thing that we bought a while back and repurposed it in our new house. There's a kitchen island, uh, appropriately enough, in the kitchen in our house. And there's a little recess area under the end of one of the, one of the ends of the kitchen island. And so we got this little thing, it's like three... How to describe it? It's like a, like a caddy or something. It's like three trays stacked on top of each other on wheels, and you can push it around. Anyway, it fits right under the uh, outcropping part of the island, so we're kind of using it as like this uh, sort of drawer system where uh, we put in all of our boxes of um, herbal teas um, because oftentimes during the week when we are trying to go to bed early. When we are abstaining from alcoholic beverages, um, Ms. S and I will drink herbal tea in the evening as kind of our ritualistic beverage instead of the, uh, the cold one or two or so that we might drink on a, on a Friday or Saturday night. Herbal tea is instead the beverage of the weeknight. But so we ended up with like all these boxes of herbal tea that are kind of unwieldy and hard to stash and hard to store. But they, they work perfectly in this thing because you can like pull it out when you're making tea, push it back in, forget about it. Um, but we hadn't set out, um, to make it our tea holder when we first moved in. It was holding all kinds of random stuff in addition to tea. So today, before I recorded this show, one of my goals for, um, uh, 
breaking in the house, moving into this house that we're still slowly moving into, was to clear up that tea area, make make it so there was only boxes of herbal tea in that that little shelving thing. Um, but anyway, I found these four Starburst candies in one of the uh, trays. And God only knows how old they are. I don't know when they're from, where they came from. They came from somewhere in our move. And I thought, you know, a Starburst can't possibly go bad. So I opened one of them. It was two of the, is it, uh, it's like, oh, that's part of why it sucked. So there's this pink one, and I thought it was like pink lemonade or something. Because I think that that's what, I think this is one of these weird tropical Starbucks or Starburst gimmicks. Not the traditional. Because the traditional, isn't the pink like a pink lemonade? This one says watermelon. That's why it's no good. Um, Watermelon and then fruit punch. Tried a watermelon and it was stale and disintegrating and rock hard. But maybe it's just because I was expecting it to be pink lemonade and it was actually um, uh, watermelon. I'm going to try one of these fruit punch. Don't worry. Um, for those of you who are put off by the sound of um, food stuff or chewing, I'm not going to do this on mic. I'm just going to do it for my own reference. One moment, please. Okay, and through the uh, magic of editing, I've already consumed that Starburst. And was I saying Starbucks the whole time? I don't know. Starburst. Starburst candy. Um, Yeah, it was definitely the first one was as bad as it seemed because I was expecting something other than watermelon. The fruit punch was a bit rough, was a bit hard and a bit stale, but after the first bite or two, it was fine, and it tasted good because, hey, who doesn't love fruit punch? Something that I don't see in the store as often these days. I, I used to be, when I was young, I was a, a um, very uh, big consumer of Hawaiian punch and Tahitian treat, and um, the last couple of times I've tried to look for one at a 7-Eleven, I haven't seen either of them. So I don't know what's up with that. The kids just don't drink fruit punch anymore or what? I don't know. Anyway, this was not even the topic that uh, I'm supposed to be talking about. In today's lightning round, um, we are moving on to my next complaint, which is insecure male stuff. Um, Insecure man stuff. And this is on my radar for a couple reasons. And I feel like this topic gets kicked up, gets the tires kicked on it once every half a decade or so becomes trendy where um, some savvy dude realizes he can create a market for himself. He can create a gimmick for himself by um, introducing insecurity into the male populace about their gender identity. And so then they will look to him and his products as um, a way of assuaging said insecurity. And it's not even ever just one dude that's doing this. It's a cottage industry. Many dudes do this in many different ways. And uh, women deal with this all the time. As a man, I see it. Um, It doesn't happen, I don't think, as much in the male world, but it definitely happens. And when it does happen, because it's not as constant a presence as what uh, women have to deal with, makes it all the more um, comical, I guess. Tragic comical. So this came on my recent radar... um, not that long ago, um, actually by way of someone who is not necessarily marketing like a, a gimmicky product in so much as he's marketing his own political career, but it's this total dork. Um, who is this guy? This is Senator Josh Hawley, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley. Looking at a picture of me, looks like a total pencil neck geek. Guarantee you I bench more than this dude. 
Um, but this dude is... <laughs> this, I don't think I've ever... Uh, <laughs> I don't think I've ever used that as an attack before, but I just I couldn't help myself. Because this dude is marketing himself. He's a defender of masculinity, which he claims is under attack. Because I think this is part of this gimmick where we are supposed to believe that we are all engaged in some sort of culture war right now. And on one side, you have people that that are like up in arms wildly against anything, anyone having any kind of con- conventional gender identity. Um, that's one extreme. So you're either on that extreme or you're on this extreme where you are trying to cleave to like a, a Cro-Magnon gender identity. No one can be anywhere in between. We were in this, this culture war between these two extremes. Um, me existing as someone who I think is pretty solidly in the middle of all that is not valid. I don't exist because you only exist if you're in the extremes. So um, this dork is... Um, all worked up because um, he's accusing people of trying to redefine traditional masculinity as toxic. And I'm reading this from a, from a internet uh, article. Um, he called for a revival of strong and healthy manhood in America. Um, so he says, American men are working less. They're getting married in fewer numbers. They're fathering fewer children. They're suffering more anxiety and depression. They're engaging in more substance abuse. Um, and, uh, they're made to feel bad for great things like courage, independence, and assertiveness. And, um, uh, after being told that their, their manhood is the problem, more and more men are withdrawing into the enclave of idleness, pornography, and video games. Um, okay. So there's a lot to unpack here because on one hand, um, I feel a little bit attacked by this geek. Because I've been known to play some video games. Um, I don't know that I would call myself idle because I'm usually pretty busy on any given day. No comment on adult entertainment. This is a a family show, so we're not going to say anything about this one way or the other. Um, I definitely am working less. (laughs) Uh, As far as paid work outside the home. Working less. Been married for 20 years, and I do have two children. Uh, I do suffer from anxiety and depression, but actually not so much these days. And substance abuse, you know, I'll throw back a few cold ones um, on Fridays and Saturdays, but that's about the extent of that. I don't know that a dork like this is qualified to um, be the standard bearer for all things manly. And again, I'm, I'm someone that could really care less about whether I am perceived as a manly man or not, but I'm someone that's always thought of myself as male, and I don't really have a problem with that. But I'm also someone that, that understands, you know, I, I am not sensitive to or, or crying about valid criticism of um, historical male problems. I think we can all agree that there's there's been unhealthy manifestations of maleness in, in, in the culture, in the history, and that's fine. Why... No reason to um, not aim for better as we move forward. Um, I don't know. I don't know. This guy, I, I would put, um, I would put my chips on the table. I put my money on the table. My family man credentials against this dorks any day of the week, and I think I could bump up the floor with him. 
That's all I'm going to say. You want you want some assertiveness, Holly? Getting assertive with you. I'm getting a little chest thumpy. Rawr, yeah. Um, no, but in all seriousness, how dare this guy, you know, cast aspersions on other people, cast judgments about other people's lifestyle. Um, is someone a good person? Is someone good to their friends? Is someone good to their family? That's what really matters, not whether or not they're playing video games, what, not whether or not they're they're working themselves to death 100 hours a week. There's no honor in that. I mean, of course, you got to work to put food on the table to pay the bills, do what you need to do. Totally support that. But this, this trying to make men insecure, using that as a weapon to try to whip people up to be your political um, sycophants, it's just, it's cheap, it's weak, and I just resent it when these totally nerdy politicians try to play the man card. Like, I will bet dollars to donuts some nannies raising this guy's kids. You, you want to talk man? You want to talk fatherhood? Come walk a mile in old Gino Vegas shoes, my friend. We'll go, we'll go toe-to-toe with some diaper changing and we'll see what's what. <laughs> yeah, man this. But yeah, this little old lady wringing his hands um, about the attack on uh, maleness and trying to whip up male insecurity. It's not just him. It is, again, there is like a whole industry with this. And I saw um, some freaky uh, evidence of this recently on Facebook. And I actually posted about this a while back. Let me see if I can find it here. Um you know, every now and again, you'll get these things in your feed, and it's like, my God, what did I click on to um, make the algorithm think that this was of interest to me? Um, then again, here I am clicking on these uh, Attack on Man articles, so that's probably... <laughs> I guess it's no uh, surprise. But anyway, where is this thing? Um, uh, was it really that long ago? It feels like it was yesterday. Oh, here we go. So I got this, I got this ad... Um, from getheadway.me, where I could start my free trial. And it's uh, an app that will help boost personal growth. And they're advertising this with a thing called the Real Man Self-Growth Challenge. And the Real Man Self-Growth Challenge advertisement shows a picture of a dork, pencil neck geek, wearing a suit. Um, I'll tell you, Gino Vega wears no suit. Gino Vega's a real man, wears nothing... <laughs> Nothing but jeans and t-shirts, all right? Um, sweatpants, too, because that's, that's manly AF. Um, so the Real Man Self-Growth Challenge, we got, we got our dork looking off into, into the yonder. We got day one, how to talk to anyone. Day two, the power of habit. Day three, the four-hour body. Day four, rich dad, poor dad. Day five, the five-second rule. Day six, the power of now. I'm not going to read all these, but it, it, we got unlimited memory, limitless, think and grow rich, uh, not nice, um, the five love languages, Elon Musk, and just all, all these seeds to plant in the minds of poor, gullible fools to make them think, well, maybe I am, maybe I'm not manly enough. Maybe I do need to be more alpha. To the point where I was out in public, um, with my wife, who I've been married to for 20 years, the other day. Um, and we were hanging out in this establishment. And there's these two young men sitting across from me. And I can hear their conversation. And um, the one is trying to work the other up into a frenzy about some books he's been reading. They're all similar of these topics that were in this ad. It's all about how do you become rich? How do you become a manly man? How do you become alpha? 
two dudes together. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm just saying for these kind of guys, they, these guys are trying to project this. I'm a heterosexual alpha man's man hanging out with my bro because I, I can't find any uh, women that want to hang out with me. And um, so they're talking about these different books and the, the libertarian this and crypto that. And then um, one of them is literally talking about, well, you know, um, to be alpha, I feel you need to do blah, 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 blah. And so he, he's, he's schooling the other bro about how alpha um, he is and how alpha the two of them can be and how they need to, to reach their alpha potential. Then they kind of sit there in awkward silence for a minute. And then one turns to the other one and says, you want to play hot or not? <laughs> they start stream of consciousness, like saying like female celebrity names and then judging whether she's hot or not. It's like, you guys, guys, this is not the way. This is just not the way. But this is where this kind of mindset takes these poor individuals and you know they're going to be shelling out uh, their money to every uh, self-help, self-growth, real man challenge that comes down the pike. And it's just sad. It's just sorry. It's just another thing that drives the manliest of all men, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega. Notice that Mr. Sensational Gino Vega into a full-blown frenzy. And folks, you know I'm being tongue-in-cheek, please. Moving on with today's lightning round on this very special episode 65 of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IT Robots Radio Network. Folks, what are we going to talk about for big complaint topic number three? Ding, 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 how should I eat the candy that I bought? Topic number three, how should I eat the candy that I bought? Come on down. We're going to ring the life out of you and end this very special episode and lightning round once and for all. Went to the beach last weekend, last Sunday. I'm spending a lot of time cooped up around the house, around Sensational Manor 2.5, trying to get moved in. And the youth, the kids, our 16-year-old and our 13-year-old, Miss Sensational 1, Miss Sensational 2, were both agitating about the fact that we hadn't done anything fun lately. They have this thing dating way back to when they were little, where we'd be around the house doing boring adult stuff. During the weekend, chores, errands, uh, yard work. And they'd be like, what can we do that's fun today? And so that's kind of persisted as a joke in the family. The idea of what can we do that's fun today. So since we hadn't done anything that was fun today in many days, last Sunday we decided to take a family trip to the beach. To a place called Doran Beach that we go to whenever we, we don't, how does it go? Most interesting man in the world. I don't always go to the beach, but when I do, I go to Dorham Beach. And um, for those of you unfamiliar, I think ISR, I see robots, has talked about this on his show before too. The beaches here in Northern California are not what you would necessarily picture when you are picturing a stereotypical California beach. When you're thinking of like that Baywatch California beach, you're really thinking of Southern California. Where the beaches are warmer, the water's warmer, everyone's out surfing, everyone's in bathing suits, 
this, that, and the third. Northern California beaches are inhospitable places that are cold and misty and uh, overcast and the water's choppy and crazy and there's cliffs you can fall off of and rocks you can get smashed against and every year there's advisories for people to be careful in the water and inevitably some yahoo goes out too far and dies. Um, But that's Northern California beach going. So when we go to the beach in Northern California, it's not so much to do like Fun in the sun, run around, surfing. Let's go surfing now. Everybody's surfing now. Come on a safari for me. It's, it's none of that stuff. It's um, We bring some camping chairs. We uh, find a spot on the sand, and we just kind of kick back for a while. Kick back, enjoying that that invigorating ocean air. Maybe, we, well, if you're, if you're the pious type, you can read a book. If you're real like me, they got good um, cell um signal out there so I can I, I like when we were out at the beach this last Sunday I was able to watch some pro wrestling Noah on my uh, phone um, because I'm all about living in the moment without a screen but uh, we went out to the beach it was a good old time and actually it was funny because we went out to the beach and it was actually very Southern California sunny and pleasant out so that's not always the case but um, we enjoyed it. We basked in the sunshine, and then finally it was time to go. Our, our kids always want to go to the beach, but they don't have heavy beach stamina. So uh, we drive out there. We get some fancy bread at this uh, bakery. I think it's called Wildflower Bakery in a little town called Freestone. Uh, get some bread, sit on the beach for a little while. Then it's a, before you know it's time to pack it up and go home because it's more the idea of the thing than, than spending – Hours and hours and hours out there. Although I would, I, I could literally sit out there watching pro wrestling Noah all day long, but uh, the kids want to go after about an hour. So um, part of the ritual of leaving though is um, we know these people um, out on that stretch of beach. There's a lot of like kite shops because it's so windy, and a lot of places that sell saltwater taffy and other candies and little gifts and then stores that sell all of the above. And so um, these people we know own a store called Second Wind. Uh, I don't know if it's Second Wind Kites or Second Wind Gifts, but it's Second Wind. Anyway, it's a gift, candy, kite, etc. shop out there on the coast. And we always stop there on our way home and buy a ton of candy. And at this point in my life, at this age that I'm at, it's really my main it's really the only time I buy a huge amount of candy anymore because you go in there and you're like, well, I'm not going to be here for another couple months or whatever. And there's all this candy here. I'll get a few this or that, but then you just end up stockpiling. And so um, on this last trip, like I always do when we stop by there, I stockpile. But the problem is at my age, you know, sadly enough with the ravages of age, candy is not what it once was. And then I can't just... Um, Ah, throw it back with no consequence. Um, at my age, there's all kinds of issues with um, excessive sugar consumption. Um, probably the most obvious being I just feel a little off if I eat a bunch of candy now. It's not like when I was a kid where I'd eat it and I would just be unfazed. I, before recording this episode, I ate a little pack of Pez that I got from the Second Wind shop and I ate two little things of Smarties, and I ate a couple of bottle caps, and I feel all shaky and faint and ill. And um, there's that. 
Um, I've got blood pressure issues, I'm sure. I don't know for sure that there's a connection between sugar and blood. I'm sure there is. I'm sure it's not good for the blood pressure to uh, just be throwing back, you know, Lick-A-Maid and, and, and nerds. Um, there is, uh, hearkening back to the last topic, in my quest to be forever manly in a way that will appease dorks like that Holly guy, I've got to keep that svelte figure, you know, and you toss back a lot of candy in middle age and boy it'll catch up with you right quick and i basically all the things i enjoy in life consumable wise will catch up with you right quick so i kind of got to prioritize the best bang for my buck do i want to enjoy some cold ones on friday or do i want to eat a bunch of nerds and i don't know i think cold ones generally went out for me because usually there's there's an attendant um additional factors to consuming cold ones such as like oftentimes Ms. S and I will go out somewhere and have a few. And so you have that kind of, that's like my social outing for the week. Although I guess going to the beach and buying candy was also social. So what am I saying? But I, I don't know. Candy is no longer at age 45 on the top of my list of, um, of consumables that have consequence. But I'll still eat candy. I'm never going to abstain entirely. But so here's the question. When I go to second wind and when I indulge in candy when I stockpile on candy is it better I guess in this topic is not so much a complaint as it is a question so I don't know why it was included in today's lightning round but I wasn't the one that put together these cards our staff did Ellen style I'm going to be toxic and abusive to them as soon as we're done recording fire half of them get a better staff next time to not have cards not have a question mixed in with what are supposed to be complaints But my question that remains is, when I end up with this stockpile of candy, is it better to dole out the misery, to dole out the hit on my health, to dole out the hit on my weight over time, like eat a little bit of it for like the next two weeks, or is it better to just binge the entire thing in one setting, let all that negative health effects just settle in on one day and then be done with it after the fact? I don't know. I'm kind of in between right now because I kind of decided I was going to dole it out slowly and I have been, but each time I go to take that slow dole, I take about twice as much as what I intended to take. So maybe it would have been better to just off it all in one grotesque sitting. I don't know. You tell me, what do you think? Hit me up on the tweets at sensational Vega. I've got, I've got 35 followers and I think I'm following all of you back. My Twitter's dead. I barely check it. Let's bring it to life. Let, 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 hit me up with what you think. When, How much of this candy should I consume and in how many sittings? I, I'd love to know. Actually, I don't care. But I gotta, again, got to have something to talk about if we want to have a show. And have a show we did. I hope I didn't forever alienate any of my friends out there, any of the tens of ones who are just rabidly against paywalls. I hope I didn't forever turn off and shut down all of my men's rights buddies that are out there listening to this episode when I told them how I really feel about that nonsense. And I hope I've offered some food for thought about how much candy an old man should consume in one given sitting. Did you catch that? Man! All man! Um, right here on the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network. Folks, I'll be back next week with a very special episode, 66. And until then, it's me, it's me, it's Gino V. Signing!
off in the most manly way possible.